0: Good morning, everybody. It's Jeff Goldberg for the Sales Pro Network. If you've joined us before, you know I am a sales coach and trainer. I work with both individuals and organizations internationally to help them achieve measurable and sustainable sales increases. And I founded the Sales Pro Network three years ago to elevate the profession of sales. It's a place where salespeople and anybody who sells as part of their job can come and hang out, ask questions, get advice and coaching. Learn how to earn more network with each other. And if you've joined us before, you know that every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern, we do a live interview or a live training, usually a live interview with someone who can add value to the profession of sales. And as it seems, I say every week, once again, I brought you a winner today today's guest before i introduce him uh if you're watching us live please say hello in the comments if you're watching us live on facebook and have not connected your account to StreamYard, it's just going to say facebook user so please include your name if you're watching us on the replay please put replay in the comments and finally if you have any questions for our guest today please put those in the comments and i'll pass them along as we're speaking and with that it's my pleasure to introduce scott scott has been trained as a professional actor and then forged a 20-plus year career in B2B sales, both managing and coaching. Uh, Two years ago, he founded Sales Squared, a professional sales training and coaching company that helps salespeople to become what he calls the complete package. It's my pleasure to introduce you, all the way from London, Scott Purvis. Good morning, Scott, or good afternoon.
1: Uh, Good afternoon, Jeff. Yeah, pleasure to be on with you.
0: I'm really excited to be speaking to you today. Uh, good morning, Bruce Kasserman is always, happy to have you joining us. Uh, and I always forget whether I'm pronouncing it wrong, Kasserman or Kasselman. Please let me know again, Bruce. You, you've done it before, but I can't remember. I have a bad case of a CRS. Can't remember, you know what. Um, Scott, before I ask you my questions, and I've got plenty of them for you because you're a fascinating yeah. character. Uh, can you give us maybe the two minute version of your background that brought you up to this point?
1: Yeah, so um, I, I started off selling at 16. Um, it was hardcore sales, it was a hundred calls a day. And it was, for me, it was quite, I, I really loved it. I think a lot of people who start in sales are quite fearless. And because you're so young, you're so new, you you have quite a lot of um Cause you don't know very much at all. So you go in quite um, curious and you tend to just, I think have that um, almost that naivety which makes you better, right? Um, so i i really did enjoy i was selling credit card insurance for 10 pound right and i was calling up members of the public at home between 6 p.m and 9 p.m so got a lot of abuse and stuff but at that age i just found it quite funny it was what were ducks back um but yeah so that was my first stint in selling and i was up and down it was it was all over the place right I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just chatting to people and just talking a lot of rubbish. And I, I thought it was the gift of the gab thing. And I just kind of went with my gut, uh, which was good and bad. Um, but yeah, so I, in my twenties, I trained to be an actor. As you said, um, I was on your side of the pond training in New York before coming back to London. And I did, um, I did about five years of acting on stage some short films, some pilots, some uh, some TV stuff as well. So it's quite a mix, but it's very, very difficult if you live in a city like London to pay your bills, to pay the rent, unless you get a proper break. And I was waiting for that break and it didn't come. So I decided to put all of my energy and all of my focus into selling. And I started when I was acting and I was supporting myself by selling as well. So I was kind of fusing the two together. I was it was pretty obvious to me, the link was so strong. So all of the stuff I was learning when I was training to be an actor was starting to be imparted through my selling abilities and sales became less about selling and more about communicating, which is fundamentally what sales is, right? It's, um, and you know, if you sell, it's a byproduct of communicating with someone in the best possible way. So that's kind of where I put all of my energy and then i think it it was just almost a natural progression in one of my roles i started to train newbies coming into the business and i much preferred coaching to selling um selling was all well and good but i just i kind of just i prefer like the performance aspects of it and trying to improve people to become the best version of themselves which is a bit of a cliche but that's kind of why i do what i do um and i love it i live and breathe sales i'm on linkedin every day and yeah it's, it's a never-ending study, right? And we can never be the complete package, although that's what I am for my clients, probably the impossible feat, right? But we try.
0: I love it. Uh, good morning, John Hill. Good to see you here. And good morning, Don Levine, our executive recruiter friend. Um, something you said really struck me because I, I believe the same thing. You, know, you start out and you've got that naivete. Uh, yeah. I call it, I went in stupid. Uh, I, I yes. was very fortunate that the first company I went to work for, Encyclopedia Britannica, had incredibly good training, and yeah. I am a top salesperson out of 2,500. I was in the top 10 in the first month, yeah. in the top three in the, within three months, out of 2,500 yeah. salespeople across the country, yeah. uh, only because I figured I have no idea what I'm doing here, so I'm yeah. just going to do exactly what they tell me to do, and that's that's what I did. Yes. Yeah, or Going in naive or going in stupid, it, it's a great way when you begin, but I think so many people don't take this as a serious career and never really put in the effort they need to. But we, I want to ask you about that, too. But first, you, you mentioned yeah. uh, the communication acts. But I believe as salespeople, we are communicators. But often our efforts as a communicator don't result in sales success. Yeah, no, no one closes every deal. But often a deal doesn't come to fruition because we've been ineffective in our communication with our prospects. So yeah. what can we do to improve our communication skills?
1: So there's a few, few ways to answer that. Right. The first thing I would say is that you have to become absolutely present in conversation. Um, you have to give prospects the space they need to finish their thought or their, their process of whatever they're trying to express. And I think so many salespeople, are really quite eager just to get in and just to dive in and take over the conversation, which is all well and good, right? Because enthusiasm and passion is, is are good things, but there's a balance. And if you keep on putting words in your prospect's mouth, you're never going to get to the truth you're going to get to what you want the truth to be, which is often a fantasy, right? And that's why a lot of salespeople struggle to close. They have pipelines full of hopes and prayers, but um, reality is quite far far removed from what they anticipate uh, coming in. And that's one thing that I used to suffer from. It was, I think this is so common in salespeople. You are a huge optimist, which is good because the rate of rejection in sales is the highest in probably any profession you need to become very realistic very quickly. Otherwise you're just gonna, uh, how many rejections and how many disappointments can you take before you lose heart and you lose, lose faith in, the, in, in what you do and you just go through the motions and you just in this cycle of thinking that you're gonna close X, but you don't get anywhere near and you're just falling off a cliff edge at the end of every month. So I think you need to have a massive reality check. And I think you should become very cynical And that sounds negative, but I really don't think it should be because if you inject that into your conversations as well, you will do things like front load objections. You'll get the elephant in the room very quickly. And I just find it so bizarre when salespeople seem to think that objections, if they don't bring them up, the prospect's not gonna think about them or not gonna talk with their colleagues about them, which is just crazy. I mean why would you do that right you want to be in the room to confront them and if you confront them and bring them up you become so much more credible because you are the one who's you know you're calling it out look this might not be right because of x y and z if that's the case then tell me now and we can cut things short you know fail fast right i think there's a book called fail fast but yeah that's such a
0: Uh, I I hope you see me smiling because I'm agreeing with everything you said. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm a big, you know, in, in most sales training, including mine, I teach how to handle objections at the very end of the process, but I, i teach people to bring up the objections first yes. absolutely it, yeah. you know, if you think your prospect's not going to bring them up if they're on your mind you're crazy they've got them the whole time so it's sm- far smarter to bring them up in the information gathering stage get them out of the way because if you can't you might as well cut and run because exactly. you only have a limited amount of time i also yep. love the word that you said before uh hope you know so many yes. sales people hope they have a pipeline full of hope. Uh, One of the services I provide is outsourced sales management. And on my very first day, I tell people, I never want to hear, I hope to close this one. Yes. When you tell me you hope to close it, I know you're not
1: going to. No, no, because you're just living in in this, you know, this, this realm of fantasy and it's crazy. I think what one of the big issues that I see in salespeople is they accept very vague language from their prospects. You know, they accept it and they go back to their managers and say, yeah, this is good because of X, Y and Z but they haven't got any definitives. All they've got are, yeah, we think we like the look of it or it looks okay. Um, Yeah, we're in the market, we'll come back to you. It's like, these are so vague and so like non-absolute that it's like, you you have to get out of those sales quickly or get more of a definitive commitment from them, whatever that looks like. But it's one or the other. You can't live in this no man's land of, you know it's okay let me discuss i'll come back to you it's you have no control and and sales is all about control
0: i'll call you next week i'll call you next month i'll call you when hell freezes over but they don't uh sales people i understand why but they don't want to hear the word no i i always tell people i have two favorite words in sales yes is my first and no is my second and if yes yep. is here for those who are listening to us on a podcast you can't you can't see it but my hand is up to my head and no is right below it yep. no is no is my second favorite word in sales everything else i got to talk to my partner i got to uh talk to my account i'll call you back next quarter it, it all sucks it takes it takes up your time and your energy when you want to be working with people that are interested in doing business with you and to me no is fine i, I say when you ask people to buy from you, it has to be a true invitation. And the essence yeah. of a true invitation means you're happy when people say yes. Yeah. You're not as happy when they say no, but you're still OK. Because yeah. I think part of the problem, Scott, is that so many people don't focus on what's essential, which to me is prospecting consistently. And because yeah. they don't know enough pro- enough real prospects in their pipeline, they're right. counting on everything, which, which is a, a fool. And you're right. The optimism that allows us to do our job on a daily basis blinds us to when people are saying no. And our, my friend, Dean Forbes, a great sales trainer and coach in his own right, says absolutely call out objections before they come up. Yeah. And yes, is acceptable. No, it ex- is acceptable. Right. I need to think it over is not I'm going to I'm going to I'd like to hear your, your take. but i find i need to think it over is okay as long as they really need to think it over and don't just mean i don't want to tell you the words no and i know if i say i'll think it over you'll get back to me in a week i'll never answer your call again i think yeah. it's reasonable when yeah. you give a presentation to somebody and you finally give them the investment number yeah i mean look a 500 hundred dollar investment i can make a decision right now a ten thousand maybe maybe a thousand dollar investment if you if you tell me you've got a program for me for a hundred thousand dollars i think it's reasonable yeah. to want to consider it but the key is how do i tie you down to a next meeting so we can discuss whether we're going to move forward or not right
1: yeah. yeah yeah because you you can i mean if you have a we need to discuss with x y and z if you have that then that's that's very common right and you can't you can't expect black and white every single time because that's just not realistic but what you do need is to have a concrete next step whatever that is and if you don't have that you haven't got much you haven't got anything
0: 100%. Uh, I always tell, tell when I'm training, I, I you know, I, I'm sure you've heard this before, too. You know, when you do it like a public seminar uh, or a private seminar for a company, there's usually somebody who comes up and says, hey, I'm so excited today. I, I've heard good things about you. And uh, if I learn one thing today, it'll be worth it. Well, I don't yeah. think if you only learn one thing, it's worth it. I mean, if you spend any amount of time with me, and I'm sure with you, and you only learn one thing, you got ripped off. But I yeah. always tell people, if there's one thing, that you would yes. take away. I want you to always make sure that you never end a meeting or a phone call without getting the next meeting or phone call right, right. then and there. I call that the BNAS or Best Next Action Step philosophy. Yep. It, it, it shortens your sales cycle and it lets you know whether you're working with a prospect right. that's really interested because if somebody's not interested, they'll tell you, yeah, give me a call next week, next month or whenever. But if they are interested, they will give you some more of their valuable time. It, it It's just silly to, to use that, oh, I hope, uh, i w- i want to move on because i've got a million questions and i know yeah. you have limited time today yeah. you were trained as a professional actor i find yes. that fascinating uh, i love broadway and i'm a stand-up comedian uh, that's yeah. kind of like acting yeah uh, associ- associate not, not exactly but how did your training for the stage and screen help you with selling
1: so that so the fundamental thing that it helped with was the the um art of being present and really just being in the moment and not having any distractions and focusing all of your attention on that person. And that's both what they're saying and what they're not saying. And I think more important is what they're not saying because the subtext of tonality, of body language, um, of all those uh, nonverbal cues, there's so much information there if you know what you're looking for. Because if someone isn't congruent and if they're telling you x but their body language or their tonality is saying y then if you have that level of awareness you can start to call it out during the moment in which it occurs so if i if someone will say to you look um i'm interested scott but i need to speak to x y and z if in their body language you know that they're not interested they're just being polite so that you don't double down and try to handle objections and stuff you should call it out say look i appreciate you need to think about this, but I get the impression that something isn't quite sitting right on your side. Um, Do you mind me asking, you know, where the alignment isn't quite matching up or am I off the mark? I'm just call out the elephant in the room and do it in such a way where it's non-offensive, it's elegant, you have that EQ as well, because I think so many salespeople will be too blunt and they'll start to annoy prospects or they'll start to, even offend a prospect in a meeting and you need to have that finesse of communication right you need to know how to call the elephant in the room without being blunt and pissing people off quite frankly so yeah so that's that's one of the pieces i've got from from acting
0: yeah uh you said i mean you've said so many things that are important already but uh one of them you you mentioned a couple of times uh, i i'm I'm in complete agreement mm-hmm. if you're in sales and you have not studied body language you're yeah. missing the boat because yeah. unless you're james bond unless you're a trained spy your yeah. body language will give you a, your words may lie but your body language will give you away every time my, right. my I, before i uh opened up my own consultancy i worked for a very large well-known sales training company and i went on a sales call with the owner of the company a famous guy wrote 42 books on selling yeah. and uh i had no idea why i was going on the sales call with him but he said i want you to come so when the boss says come you go so we had the sales call with this woman and when we got outside he goes what do you think i said i think she's pretty interested i think she's going to move forward he goes no she's not I'm like what do you mean no she's not he goes did you see her feet i'm like no why would i look at her feet he goes her feet were pointing at the door from the moment we walked in i'm like what does that mean he goes it means she wanted us to leave before we even got there i'm like oh brilliant and you know he suggested some books to read and you know your yeah. body will give you your body language gives you away every time way. and it's 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 not difficult you know there's some very basic like like almost everyone knows it when your arms cross that means you're shut down it could yeah. also mean you're cold you're just more comfortable with your arms crossed yep. you said it if you're speaking and the prospect crosses their arms you better attack that right away and find out what's going on because otherwise right. you're probably shot before you before you have a chance
1: Yeah, I think it's having the courage to do it as well because so many salespeople in that situation, if if they have say a a C-level director in front of them who is like very standoffish and kind of not really in the meeting, not present, I think a lot of people would be intimidated to call that person out because in their mind, they're thinking, well, this is the CEO. How am I gonna possibly confront this? But you need to have the courage to do it. And it doesn't mean offending someone, it just means being assertive enough to say, look, my time is precious as well as yours. And it's having that mindset of equality with your prospect. No one with the C in front of their name is better than you. And the sooner a salesperson understands that, the better they're gonna perform, right? So a C-level director will be used to people pandering to them and walking on eggshells to an extent. You need to break through that. And you need to do it in, in such a way that you don't offend that person but they will respect you if you are assertive and if you, and you'll find that they will start to bring their barriers down. You know, if someone isn't really fully present, you say, look, I get the impression that this meeting isn't quite moving in the right direction for you, would that be fair? And they're gonna give you something. Well, look, I think this is a waste of time because of blah, blah, blah. Okay, now you can deal with the true reason that they're not present in the meeting, which that takes practice, it takes skill, but, the only way to do it is to, you know, break a few eggs. Otherwise you're never going to make an omelet, right? So.
0: Exactly. And I I love what you said just now about, uh, people in the C-suite, uh, I find that quite often, especially younger salespeople and inexperienced salespeople struggle with this but experienced ones do too. Here's my experience. I'm sure that like you, I sell to CEOs, company presidents, and VP, SVP, EVPs of sales. And these are people who are used to having their ass kissed and right. people bowing down to them. And if if most of us, at least I, I, think, I think I'm a heck of a lot older than you, but in the old days, we were trained to bow down to the almighty customer. But yeah. here's the challenge with that as far as I'm concerned. When you're bowing down to the almighty customer, you're elevating them and lowering yourself at the same time. And right. why will somebody trust you if you're lowering yep. yourself? I mean, right. it, it, certainly guys like you and me, If they don't trust us, they're certainly not going to trust their sales teams with us. So lowering yourself doesn't make sense. The other thing I find is I've met lots of CEOs and VPs of sales who I walk out of their office and go, how the heck did they get their job and how do they keep it? Uh, Because they're people just like you and me. They've got kids and dogs and wives and bills and problems. And they wake up in the morning and they go to the bathroom and they put on their pants or their dress. Well, I don't wear a dress. But you know what I said? They get dressed the same way. So it's they don't they may think they want you to kiss their rear end and maybe they like when their employees do, but you know, the essence of the Challenger sale, you know, a great book is yep. Challenger actually does better. The the person who is willing to say, you know what, I get it, but yep. I think you're wrong here. What you really need to be considering is X or Y. Uh, yep. it, it just doesn't make sense.
1: And also on that point, Jeff, just a really important point is that, it, okay, if you're selling a product, say if you're selling SaaS or something, you know, IT uh, technology um, focused, then, In a meeting with a C-level director, there is a strong chance that you will know more about that particular product and that problem that you're solving with your solution than they will. So for that reason, by definition, you are on on an equal footing with that person. They don't hold all the cards, you're equal. And they have the problem, you don't have the problem, you have the solution, right? So with that sort of mindset, there's no possibility that you should ever feel like you're on the back foot, or like you should become second fiddle to a CEO just because they're the CEO.
0: Could not agree more. Good morning, Valerie and Barry Hepburn. Good to see you guys. And then good morning, Adam Rabinovich. Thank you for joining us and saying a great conversation. Um, How can we master our voice and communications to be more effective? Is it simply a matter of being present or is there more?
1: Um, So I just wrote a post on this yesterday. So before I used to, uh, go to my uh, acting classes, rehearsals, performances, that sort of thing. I would always do a voice and the breath, breathwork exercises for about 30 minutes before. Um, and that's one of the big takeaways for me in any sort of performance. And you, you'll know this, Jeff, from your, your standup. You need to, your power is in your diaphragm and you you can only really leverage that power of your diaphragm by, by doing things like breathwork um, voice exercises. Um, so I used to do this for maybe I had to say 10 minutes before I'd start my my sales job at the time. Um, because if I was doing it for my acting and my performance, then why wouldn't I do it for my sales performance? It's the same thing. You 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 know, so I would say 95% of salespeople will just pick up the phone, go to a meeting, but they haven't warmed that their their body up, they haven't warmed their voice up. So they're kind of just going through the motions. It's like, oh, well, you know, they don't, they, you don't know what you don't know, right? So you wouldn't ever think, oh, I've got to, you know, do five minutes of deep breath work to free up my diaphragm. You wouldn't think that because you probably wouldn't know that. But one of my big tips for any salesperson is see yourself as a performer um, and treat your sales almost like a performance art. Because as we know, sales is, art uh, and it's a science right but you should really start to hone in on your your in your individual skill set and your foundation for that is your voice without that you you know you, your power is there right and yeah of course you need to get the prospect talking more than you're talking we all know their questions and you need to direct the conversation but when it's your turn to speak, you need to have credibility. You need to have gravitas. Your tonality is so important. And that comes through your your power, which is in your diaphragm. So yeah, five or 10 minutes of breath work, YouTube it. There's millions of videos online. I think that would give you an edge and it just just makes you feel so much more empowered. It, It creates more positive energy in your body and your physiology is everything, right? And if you can get that into the right state, then you're always going to win the day.
0: Yeah. Well, once again, I could not agree more. Anybody who's taking singing lessons knows that your power comes from your diaphragm. Yeah. That's why stand-up comedians stand up instead of sit down, and why I'm standing right now. When I yeah. when I sell, if I'm on the phone, I sit when I'm making the phone call. But as soon as it starts ringing, I stand up. I have a yeah. headset because you sound better. You sound more powerful yeah. when you are standing. It's just a fact. Yeah. Uh, uh, I I I. I, I I do a lot of old school stuff and I've had clients that, you know, take my advice. They put mirrors in front of their people when they're cold calling and it's at yeah. eye level when they're standing. Yes. You know, make your call, but yeah. stand up. You just sound better. Plus, when that's you right. stand, you tend to gesture more naturally like you do in a yeah. real conversation. And Good. that's one of the things we want to do. We want to sound natural. Good morning, Jerry Marlow. Good to see you. Um, something else we agree on. Uh, when I work with coaching clients, I focus on both the skills, the technical skills, and the mindset. In fact, I believe it's 50-50. Sales is 50% skills and 50% mindset. I think you agree with that. Uh, and I've actually asked many salespeople, uh, I, certainly in this group, the Sales Pro Network, which has about 1,300 members, and in speaking to them, you know, what's in the way of your success? And inevitably, they say, the thing that's in the way of my success is me. So why is mindset so important in sales? And what can we do to develop the right mindset
1: for sales success? So mindset for me, it's a foundation piece without mindset and without the right attitude, then your, 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 your foundation is, is weak. You don't have the, um, reserves so that you can get through the day and you can start to become a high achiever. Right? So, so I think what can we do to improve our mindset? I think, first of all, we need to, we need to start to break down on a personal level, what, what is our mindset? What are our beliefs? how is that manifesting through our behaviors our habits and what is holding us back in terms of the day-to-day so what i normally do when i train a group is i will start with a lot of stuff in terms of what i what what are your limiting beliefs and i'll have a list of like 50 limiting beliefs so that people don't always know you need to kind of give them some um almost like just give them options so that they can think yeah that's me that's me that's me so it might be um your mindset might be or your belief may be um i can't when i when i cold call into a c-level director i feel that they have the power that's a m- limited belief and that's what a lot of sales people have and how does anyone think that's going to affect their voice on that call your voice will become a shadow of its normal um rich self and you will all of a sudden feel like half the power of what you would normally have. And it all comes from that belief. So what do you do? So you need to invert, invert that belief and you need to meditate on that. So if your belief is again, it's like when I call a CEO, he has more power than me. You need to rewrite that to say, when I call a CEO, I have a potential solution to their problem and we are equals. And you need to start repeating that and it needs to become a mantra and if you meditate on that for two or three minutes and you start your calls you're not going to forget that and it's brought it into your conscious awareness that when you go into your calls you're in your mind you've just got this mantra it's like he's my equal i have a solution he's my equal and it's just going round and round and round and that will come through the voice. And it might not come straight away, but it will start to manifest because you're you you've retuned or you've reprogrammed a limiting belief to become an empowered belief. So yeah. yeah.
0: Like like money doesn't grow on trees and they have more power. All the I money
1: need. stuff. Yeah, oh, exactly. So absolutely. many money that I cover as well. Yeah. Yep. Uh
0: I had to take it out because uh I in my deck that I use when I trained, I, I used to have a picture of uh, the ex-president Donald Trump. Now, I'm actually not a fan, but uh, my point in it was when you're cold calling, you've right. got to have the confidence of Donald Trump. You can right. bet that if Donald Trump was cold calling to sell you something, he's not thinking, gee, I hope they'll speak to me. I hope they'll return my call. I hope no. he's like, I'm the Donald. Of course they're going to talk to right. me. Now, a client yeah. actually said, I don't want that on, the, on your deck. Take it out. But, but you do have to have that kind of belief in yourself and we 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 talk ourselves out of it
1: that's right that's right there's actually a very good book that donald trump read when he was very young you may have heard of it it's called positive thinking um it was by a one of his uh pastors in in new york i think his father used to take the trump family to this one church and this guy i think his name is it norman peel i think vincent peel yes that's it um so that book I would recommend to anyone it's 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 an old book right but there's so much power in that book in terms of power, positive thinking and constructive attitudes and changing your um any limiting beliefs it's all about that so yeah so again Donald Trump very good example of someone who has uh unbounded personal belief right so yeah
0: absolutely <laughs> maybe way too much but that's a, that's a, yeah. besides the point uh you were trained in nlp neuro-linguistic programming yes. uh i've asked other people because i'm fascinated by it what is nlp and how is it useful when we're selling
1: okay so nlp is is the way in which your brain works so the n is the neuro that's your neuro pathways how you think the, um, the L is your linguistics, so how you talk, how you express yourself, and the P is your programming, so what are your beliefs, what are your values, and how can you perhaps deconstruct them and then reconstruct them to be more empowered. Um, so again, it, it connects to things like, are you a kinesthetic person, are you a visual person, are you an auditory person, um, and you can tell a lot from how someone speaks as to what is their, their biggest influencing factor. So if someone says to you, yeah, I see what you mean, Jeff, they're a visual person, right? And I hear what you mean, again, it's auditory. So you need to become aware of that because it will help you sell better when you understand what's, how someone's brain works and how you can tune into that by mirroring their language and their, their preference of how they like to communicate and how they like to receive information. So there's, yeah. there's, there's a huge amount in NLP. I think it gets a bit of a bad rep because it's almost seen like a pseudoscience. Um, but I think it's, it's so, um, it is fundamental and it connects to things like disc profiling as well, right? Which is different personality types and how, you know, who's in front of you and how you can best serve that conversation by trying to mirror that person. So that they, and it's not. Some people mistaken this stuff for being manipulative, and it's, it's really not. It's just giving that conversation the best chance of an open dialogue, where the person you're speaking with understands what you're saying because you're expressing in the language that they like to communicate in. So it's just, you know, it's personal preference.
0: Yeah, and it also implies, and you, you said it uh, that. You need to be listening. You you said earlier yeah. how, how salespeople will, you know, they'll interrupt because uh I, I call it, you know, you interrupt the prospect, even though you've asked them a question, because you can't wait yep. to get your next bit of brilliance out when really right. the real power is in listening skills. Yep. I, I say that uh I say that sales is, is really based on three things and not what most people think about. It's it's not about your great presentation skills and yep. it's not about your strong closing skills. Those are yep. both lovely to have but what you yep. really need are great questioning skills outstanding listening skills and great Sorry. storytelling skills. And most salespeople suck at listening because they think they get paid yep. to talk. You yep. and I get paid to talk, but not when you're yep. selling. We get yep. paid to ask questions and listen. There's something else I wanted to ask you about. Uh, a, a, another, uh, I think, misunderstood term. Uh, we hear the words emotional intelligence or EQ yes. a lot. Yes. And I think there's some confusion as to what in, emotional intelligence really is and why it's important to sellers. Can you expand on that a bit?
1: Yeah. So So emotional intelligence, for me, there are two key things to that. So the first thing is that it's understanding your emotions and how you're reacting to people in the moment and how you can get a better better hold on those emotions, which often do not serve us. So, for example, if you're in a meeting and you've got a, a decision maker in front of you and they say something and it makes you feel maybe a little frustrated or a bit annoyed or irritated by that person it may not even be on a conscious level it may just be under the radar but you're reacting in the moment to that person perhaps in not the most constructive way so if for example someone says to you well you, you know you 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 seem really expensive you know and a salesperson might take that as quite offensive and they might start to get defensive in that moment but it's to understand, right, okay, what what emotion are you feeling? Why are you feeling it and how can you manage it? And that takes a lot of practice because we're all human, right? We we flip between emotions in, in the speed of light. So you need to start under, understanding what how you normally react to people and how you can manage that much better. And that links to the second point, which is, people are also human beings and meetings and you need to be able to read them and you need to be able to it goes back to the body language and the tonality thing if you can read that someone is perhaps slightly irritated by something maybe that you've said you need to start to call that out and not just soldier on with the meeting and hope it's going to be all right if someone starts to look distracted or quite almost flushed in the face you can just take a step back, take a breath and say, look, um, you know, I, I, get the feeling that perhaps I've said something that didn't quit that jarred with you slightly just, just now, well, you know, would that be a fair assumption? Then they can maybe just address it or not, but at least you've, you've acknowledged how they're feeling and they will feel like you're really paying attention to them. You're really listening to them and you're, you're in the moment you're present and people will respect that because you feel like, okay, this guy is really focused on me. He really seems to care. Most salespeople don't give a shit. They just want to hit commission, right? They just plod on, plod on. Um, and they leave the meeting. They just don't even think about the fact that that person seemed annoyed. It's the attitude is almost like, well, it's their problem, not mine. You know, well it is your problem because they're not going to buy if you're, annoying that person in the moment or if you're just pissing them off right so yeah so hopefully that does that answer your question that's quite a roundabout. question. Sure that, is-
0: no, that was great yeah and, and it brings us back to like you said being present and being in the moment and and, and listening dale carnegie said it's better to be interested than interesting yes because that yeah. makes people feel special adam is asking what's a good uh, a layman or a newbie resource to start exploring nlp
1: yeah so i would yeah, I, I would simply go into YouTube and just look for a 10 minute video on introductions to an introduction to NLP um, and it will just give you that overview piece. There you go. Yes, that it's, exactly. it's sitting on
0: my desk, I, 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 I will get to it eventually.
1: Yeah.
0: Maybe you <laughs> like that one, Adam. Uh, it's called NLP <laughs> the Essential Guide by Tom Hubyar and Tom Dots with Suzanne Sanders. There it is again. Yeah. Uh, from NLP comprehensive.
1: I think there's an NLP for dummies as well. Like there's a dummy book for everything, right? I think that's, again, it's a whistle-stop tour of NLP and yeah.
0: Perfect. Um, I often admit that I'm not a numbers guy. Math is not my strongest suit, but my ex-boss, the gentleman I was talking about earlier, taught me the value of knowing your numbers. You say that many companies are measuring the wrong things. What are they measuring that's wrong and what should they be measuring?
1: okay so the things that they're measuring which i think is completely irrelevant are number of calls phone time so talk time um, number of proposals number of uh, meetings they're just uh, completely irrelevant if you have 10 meetings with the wrong people then 10 means it doesn't mean anything right and if you're speaking for three hours on the phone to the wrong people three hours equates to zero it's just a re- it's completely pointless. So, so I think the only numbers which are um, relevant are um, the number of decision makers you speak with in an average day, actual true decision makers who will be able to, you know, um, decide on whatever you're proposing, and the number of um, of deals you secure. I think that's it. Speaking to the right people and securing enough business from them.
0: Yeah, I can't yeah, see I anything. Relevant. I love that. Uh, I, I, I'm constantly stunned. Well, I'm not stunned anymore. I mean, I, I know why they do it, but salespeople, for some reason, psychologically, have an aversion to calling the right people. It's yeah. easy to get appointments with people who can't do you any good whatsoever. It is more challenging to get through to a decision maker yes. like a CEO, a COO, or anybody like that. Um, I think it's, you know, they don't want to hear the word no, and it's they just want to hear the word yes. Again, Knows my second favorite word. But could you talk a little bit about cold calling and cold outreach in general? I, I, I get into discussions with people constantly. Does it work? Did it ever work? Does it doesn't work today. Yeah. I still believe that cold calling, if it's done yeah. correctly, is the most cost-effective and time-efficient way to fill your calendar with appointments if you yeah. don't have enough. Can you out
1: a little bit about that yeah so cold calling as far as i'm concerned now it's it's in itself it's it's a niche market no one is doing it these days because everyone now hides behind email behind um, linkedin messaging behind all sorts of gimmicks and the newest piece of tech but the art of conversation is being lost and the people who are cold calling and doing it well they are cleaning up because there isn't much competition at all um, like for example, I, I still cold call because if I'm training this stuff, I need to be. Cu- I need to become. Um, I can never allow myself to become rusty, right? I need to be in the game because every time I train, I will demonstrate what I'm doing, what I'm teaching. Because as you know, Jeff, sales trainers get a bad name. That it's all theory, it's all classroom, it's not going to work in the real world. So I make sure that I do it in front of the people that I train to say, look, this is what this is what I'm training, and I'm going to show you this in action, right? Um, and i think when it comes to like you just mentioned as well people call in to perhaps more junior level people or middle management because they're intimidated to call higher and they're intimidated because they feel like a c level director is is above them and it goes back to that piece earlier if you feel that someone is better than you 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 will not call that person because you're you're frightened you you you're scared of being called out, feeling embarrassed, feeling inferior, feeling like you can't answer their questions. And because of that, you call into the marketing manager because at least you feel comfortable on that level. Mm -hmm. But what that will do is it will just lead to meetings with the wrong people and they will get back to you because they have to go and speak to their decision maker who you should have contacted in the first place because now you've got an extra layer. And because you've pitched to the wrong person, it's probably gonna go nowhere. So, yeah. yeah,
0: exactly right. I, I, uh, I actually don't enjoy cold calling. I, I, I often say I'd rather live in my car than ever have to do it again. I do it once uh, a month just to make yep. sure that what I'm teaching people is still working. But yes. uh, early on, uh, when, when I opened my company, I called on a company uh, here on Long Island called Newsday. It's a, it's the 800 pound gorilla of newspapers here. If, if, yep. And uh, I got through right through to the VP of sales, gave him my opening. And he said, can you teach my people to do that?
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: and I, got a, I got a gig just because I I mean, I had to go and meet with him, of course, and it took a little yeah. while. But just because I said the right thing on the phone, he said, Can right. you teach my people to do that. I said, that's yes. what I do for a living.
1: And listen, it's it's the it, I, I've had that a few times as well, Jeff, and it's the best advert you can have as a sales trainer if you actually call in, because every t- every interaction you have with a company as a sales trainer is an audition piece, right? Everything you do everything you say, you, if you mess up any part of it, it's like, well, that's your audition blown, right? So yeah, Exactly. Well, you you said
0: it a moment ago, and I know it's right on your website, which I'm going to ask you for in a couple of moments because we have to end. Uh, But you you say, you know, there's so many sales trainers that are just teaching theory. They're not doing it. I mean, the only thing I'm teaching people is what I do every single day and I've done for 48 years. Uh, I think we only have time for one more question because I know you have to run early. Oh, boy. Um, Let's go with this one. You say that one of the ways to become a more effective seller is to leave our ego at the door. Yes, salespeople do have to have a strong ego in order to take yeah. the nose that they hear. So, yeah. what is, what does leaving your ego at the door mean, and how do we do that?
1: Okay, so as far the the way I would um express that is that if you come into a sales meeting with your ego, then you're probably going to be speaking more than you're listening. That's the first thing, because you're so incredible, you're so intelligent, you're so knowledgeable that you're just gonna. Give everything. You're going to open up, and you're probably going to tell the prospect everything that you want to hear from them. So, how is that ever going to be conducive to a sales meeting? Um, and the second thing is that if you have a big ego when you're going into sales meetings, you 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 haven't got the humility. You haven't got the you haven't got the kind of humble attitude. Sometimes you need to have when you're in a conversation and you know people warm to you if you're a bit more vulnerable if you're a bit if you have more humility than they do if you're the opposite because what's the opposite of being vulnerable and having humility it's being arrogant and it's being full of yourself right and who who likes a smart ass nobody people feel uncomfortable in the presence of someone of you know of that kind of attitude so you're just shooting yourself in the foot you need to be a human you need to be relatable it doesn't mean being a weakling it doesn't mean being you know someone who gets walked all over but it does mean that you are you're very secure in your own skin you're very comfortable and you're you're secure enough that you can feel vulnerable in those situations and there is strength in that yeah, and people yeah. will warm to you as a result of that there's weakness in having to um have this big ego and almost like a mask you're hiding behind that to an extent and you know people don't like it you know who would it's you know you you just got this this idiot in front of you who's splurting out all the stuff that he wants to tell you but exactly. they haven't conne- they haven't connected with you they haven't um become a human in your eyes they're just this selfish self-serving salesperson who give all salespeople a bad name right yes yeah. so. they're not
0: interested in you and it's no. that old school style of selling you thank you so much for your time let me tell you why jeff and associates or yep. squared is the best training and coaching firm in the world and why exactly. you should be using us i could yep. talk to you all day my friend and uh somebody i think that's valerie uh said Scott should definitely be invited back soon. I would love to have you do that. Uh, Scott, before you go, because I know you have to run, uh, I, we're ending a little early today, guys, because Scott has another engagement. Um, I don't have uh, anything I can show, but could you please te- tell people how can they reach you if they're interested in working with you or chatting yeah. with you or finding out about what you do?
1: Yeah, of course. So the best place is LinkedIn because I'm on LinkedIn every day, I post every day. Um, so you'll find me there. Uh, my company is Sales Squared, or I also have Method Selling, which is my acting piece, which I have a number of programs in. So. Yeah, salesquare.co.uk is the website, and um, yeah, connect with me on LinkedIn if you haven't already, and we can always have a bit of a, a chat on there. So, uh, so yeah,
0: perfect. Well, thank you very much today, Scott. I really appreciate your time and your expertise, and I hope you will come back again and yeah. join us. And I'll uh, be and good. Hope... Terrific. Yeah. Uh, thank you. I very always much. do. Uh, please remember that sales is a game of making things happen. So get out there and make sales happen. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank yeah. you, Scott.
1: Thanks a lot. Cheers, Jeff. Pleasure. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.